Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Knollcast. As always, we'll thank our friends, Louisiana Hot Sauce and Tarpon Cellars. TarponCellars.com is the website. 20% off when using the code Knollcast. And a big tip of the hat and thanks to our title sponsors. Bud, uh, it is a early morning episode of the Knollcast. So if you hear that in our voices, uh, apologies. But uh We'll jump into it and have some pretty decent off-season things to talk about. You and I have both been able to pop around, uh, have some information to bring to the listeners, and very much look forward to this episode. No doubt, man. Uh, decent. I, I I just shot a YouTube short for Cover 3, uh, taking the crown from Lane Kiffin and putting it on Mike Norvell's head for the portal. Uh, t- tremendous Photoshop work there by our man Jordan. <laughs> Florida State still with the number one transfer portal class as the portal window closes now to clarify for the listeners out there or the viewers shout out youtube uh that is you can still take kids right now if you want if you can get them into school like if you have a very late admit date like old miss does you can still get a kid or two into school most schools though are not able to take kids for the spring semester most schools uh, on on january 20th barring some special circumstances what the portal window closing means is that nobody new can jump into the portal. There is at least some certainty there for schools and coaches. If you're a kid and you see your offensive coordinator maybe head from Arkansas to TCU the day after the window closes, you're like, that's kind of annoying, right? Maybe we should put a transfer window on coaches as well. But neither here nor there because Florida State staff is uh, is pretty set at this point. And the Knowles are still atop the 24-7 sports transfer rankings right now uh, as the window closed but i kind of want to start with some other news did you uh did you see that miami got travis hunter yes they most certainly did it felt like this had been coming for about a week or so but uh cormani mcclain officially declares for colorado what last night um interesting interesting development very uh i i wonder okay I think Dion might work out at Colorado just because you can improve from one win to like they could go from one win to four wins because they already have 20, is it 25 transfers now that they're up to? Uh, I thought I saw a number earlier this morning and he's bringing in like 41 new kids. Uh, I don't know if that's all through the portal or what, but uh, yeah. I mean, Dion's significant roster overhaul. Yeah, exactly. Um, It, I knew some guys in that old Colorado staff, and uh, let me say that they are, I'd say, a little bit annoyed that all of the transfer restrictions that were placed on them don't seem to apply to the new staff. Uh, but if you can take that many transfers, yeah, 40, 42 new commitments uh, coming in, that's like half the roster is new. It's going to be very fun to plug that into the algorithm this offseason. But yeah, Miami gets Cormani McLean, um, Florida does not they're not going to get Jaden Rashada and if you scroll to the overall rankings interesting exercise here I'll actually do that right now and you click overall instead of just recruit in the 2023 football team rankings uh, you you do see that uh that Florida is going to fall behind FSU and Miami uh, drops out of the top 5 with without Cormani so a little bit of uh of kind of a whimper to the end of those recruiting classes. Still some talented kids, still some kids that, you know, it's like, all right, that kid's going to be paying, paying the butt to face down the line. But, but the Knowles are competing 
right there and are getting some really high quality kids as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. And this may be the first like major dent in Miami's recruiting armor, right? Interesting. Very interesting. And it's just, um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a loss. It's a local, local loss, relatively speaking, a Lakeland kid, uh, that they had kind of more or less built their class around um, nice little moment where most of the college football world was more or less convinced that McLean was going to declare for UF declares for Miami, gives them a nice coup and a shot in the arm for about six weeks. And then ultimately, uh, or I don't know, maybe 10 weeks. I can't remember exactly when that was, but uh, kid never, never lands on campus, pops up in Boulder. And um, as, uh, as this fan base is familiar when, uh, when a kid is involved in with Dion late, that is uh that's not always a great sign. So let me ask you a question. If you could have set the odds that the two kids that Miami and Florida were fighting over the most, Coronado McLean and Jaden Rashada, neither of which would land in the state of Florida. What what would you have given me back in let's say like Halloween? Yeah, I, I would have said the number would have been probably less than three percent or something like that. I mean, um, and that both. I mean, Cormani. I'm not. I don't. I would. I don't know if I would fully label Cormani like a black eye. I mean, it's a. It's a tough look for Miami and and uh, some of the people surrounding their their uh, recruiting efforts. But um, you know, look, that happens. You you go after big yeah. kids. Big kids decide to go elsewhere. Obviously. The Florida situation is a little bit of a different, uh, <laughs> different gravy, so to say, and um, I just have to see and watch. And and you know, there's some there's some rumors out there that that's not just a Rashada specific issue as, as far as uh, some challenges that they're having right now. And we'll just have to see whether or not that that's the case, or whether or not that spreads to to other players. Uh, to, to that point, uh, on the college game day podcast I, I was listening to this last night as i was doing the dishes uh pete thamel uh said that he thinks uh there will be some uh some major changes uh coming over there okay. to the to the structure and the relationship uh between the school and some groups so yeah i uh, i i'm i'm picking up what you're putting down there for sure uh, now a little bit less drama uh, shout out battles end when it comes to the Knowles, and tonight, well, not tonight, this morning. I always say tonight because we usually record at night, but this is a morning show. We want to talk a very about, morning show. Very morning a, show. A yes. morning show so early that I woke up <laughs> numerous times throughout the evening because I was afraid I was going to sleep through. Dude, the I did too. I slept yeah. like crap last night. I don't know what in the world. Like, I just maybe I'm getting old. I, I know I'm getting old, but I mean, I just I usually sleep all right. And uh, so I broke this down into three categories, right? What did you lose to the portal? What did you lose early to the draft? And then what did you like? What did you get out of the portal? What might you still need? FSU, the only guy, and, and I, I didn't waste my time going through all these kids who jumped in the portal to go to, you know, like clearly lesser programs, right? That's just attrition that guys on your roster aren't. The only guy that jumped in the portal that I think you legitimately are not will miss, but could miss. Can we label it that? Is 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 uh, uh, Malik McLean, who who went to Penn State? I, I think everybody else, the, the, the retention job done, 
has been really good. And it obviously not an inducement, but if you did not have NIL opportunities, how many kids do you think would have transferred off FSU's roster if they had like just an average ACC level NIL operation? Because I'm going through some of these programs we're going to get to, and some of these schools lost a lot, man. Yeah. yeah. Hard for me to answer this question without sal- sounding very self serving, but um, a decent amount. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I think that. Um, once each piece kind of built upon each other and um you know candidly speaking from a battles in perspective jordan travis was the first call we made and the first person that we um made you know we made he was priority number one when the first announcement but he was the first person that we um <clears throat> got to a point where we were comfortable that he was going to return I'll, huge I'll marketing value obviously for a guy incredible was going to be an nfl pick one of the more marketable players in college football next year, um, legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate, and um, someone that you know didn't didn't take the brain trust to let to let uh, the battles in know that he needs to be <laughs> to be project number one for you. So uh, it all started with that, and and each one kind of built off of that. Uh, you know, obviously some of the defensive linemen that were announced later uh, were the ones that were you know, really kind of uh, touch and go back and forth and, and that of what you had to present some some interesting opportunities to. Um, and I'm not just talking about money at all. I'm not trying to be coy. I'm trying to say you had to find some some unique marketing uh, opportunities for and exposure and not just a paycheck that was going to come from it. So uh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, no, I mean, the Battles in was fortunate to step into this space uh, at a time where the opportunity was there, uh, incredible culture. And, and these guys really, for the most part, yeah, for the vast, vast majority, uh, all these guys really very much wanted to come back uh, and needed to see a pathway that they could justify it. And we were fortunate enough to be able to provide such a pathway for the vast, vast majority of them. And and even uh, with Malik McLean, who's an exceptional athlete and really leaves Tallahassee with everybody's best wishes, um, that was not a surprise. I'll put it that way. You know, we, we kind of knew that that one was, uh, headed in the manner that it was and a credit to Malik for continuing to practice hard and playing in the bowl game and, uh, everything else. But you know, that, uh, that was known, uh, gosh, four or five weeks before the announcement was made that Malik was probably ultimately going to go elsewhere. So, uh, great, great to see him land at Penn state and great to see a university or, or a football team as excited as they are to get, a kid like that so um he'll he'll do well up there and obviously like penn state's losing tensley they're losing parker washington if, if you're an athlete you you want to go somewhere that football still has to come first right like you you need the ultimate goal is still the nfl it, most likely like the money you make off your marketing for, through nil in college is not going to sustain you for the rest of your life it might set you up to have a nice head start coming out of college but as we saw with CJ Stroud, like there's really no amount of money that can keep a true, like guaranteed top 12 ish pick in school because that was, that was fascinating, man. Again, I'm, I'm very NIL centric right now, but when I, uh, the battles in, we were all out at a retreat recently trying to map out the next year or so. And as I kept seeing more and more stories about CJ Stroud returning, I'm like, what eight-figure digit did they have to put in front of this kid to even have him considered a return? I mean, it's... It, if you ever pump fake the fan base, 
<laughs> no, and pretend right. like a first round quarterback's coming back, and, and you instead use <laughs> you use the battle end account to do a gender reveal. I'm gonna laugh my butt off. Oh, is that like, what happened? There will I be a lot of people pissed. Oh uh, yeah, guys, I can promise that. I'll, I will. I can promise two things. I'll never do that, and you'll never see me standing next to anyone from Miami or Florida throwing up a you or a Gator Chomp or whatever else. Uh, other than that. I can make no promises and I will probably disappoint you at some point in time, but I will not do it via those two avenues for, uh, for the fans at home who don't know the, uh, the, like the big booster that kind of runs Ohio state's collective put out big news coming tomorrow. And it was the day of the NFL like declaration thing. And they're like, Oh my, and Stroud had not announced yet. And people were like, wait, what? No. And I was like, there's no way Stroud's coming back. Like, this is not just running the math on my head. Like you'd need to give this kid like what? 25 million to because there's there's so we much had a, downside had, risk we had at a minimum that you were probably gonna have to give that kid 18 to 19 million dollars for him to even consider it yeah yeah and that's there's so much that could happen right that that there's almost no no upside to coming back because you're also giving away one of your prime earning years in the nfl on the back end of that so right. yeah uh and then he and then he put out a gender reveal video, the the booster, not Stroud. And then Stroud decided to turn pro, which I think everybody realized he was going to do. Um, FSU just keeping with the format of the show, only lost Jamie Robinson early to the draft. Um, not really surprising. And I say early, this is only early in this very unique college ball window that we have, which is the COVID year, right? Or the the I don't want the YouTube algorithm to ding me for saying that word. The, the super senior year afforded by that very unique circumstance that we had in 2020. So it's not like he jumped way early. He just didn't decide to play his super senior year like uh, like Lovett did, right? You know, Lovett, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, so this is Lovett's like sixth year in college football, and he, he's coming back. Positions FSU still might need in the portal. You want to ping pong this? I, I guess I'll go first. Safety's going to probably yeah. be the first answer out of everybody's mouth, I imagine. Um, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, receiver, if one of Span, Williamson, or Wright don't have a big spring. Yeah. Like to, to replace Pokey. I guess. Well, we'll have to see it. I did hear uh, two people within the football program recently give us a positive update on Winston Wright. Again, we'll have to see what it looks like in April, but um, continues to be encouraging. Nice. There's a that kid is. out of Louisiana that <laughs> occasionally pops up on the radar. We'll have to see if that happens. Uh, I have no inside information on that whatsoever. Um, I'm just referencing that of what will be asked of us uh in the Twitter mentions immediately afterwards. Um, but yeah, you know, if you can find wide receiver, something special, then I think that'll be a look. And then you got to kind of thread the needle here uh, as to what you're looking for. And maybe the, the, well, linebacker. I mean, look, if you can find a, a linebacker, that's an area that I think that they'll probably give look to. Uh, Safety is the one that uh, will be on the top of everybody's list, although they are, uh, excited about what Akeem Ditt uh, can turn into with another year and ultimately what Shaheen Brown uh, looks like and some of the other pieces back there. But, yeah, safety is the one place that if you could go out and get a, uh, you know, a, a super high-quality transfer prospect uh, out of the portal will be what I imagine is uh, 
it's Florida State's top priority. For sure. On the receiver front, Eddie uh, Mitchell, uh, just I don't think this is insider info here. that It's been reported elsewhere. He has a, a kid in Texas, and I believe his girlfriend or, her, or her relationship is also back in the state of Texas. So mm. okay. if I had to put my money on it, I would bet on him going to Texas with USC being second. Like that's the, uh, the Georgia receiver who uh, – really kind of tore up their defense and practices if you believe the insiders there uh, and and missed most of the season due to kind of a lingering injury and then played in the playoffs and was, was was damn good in the playoffs for Georgia but yeah, uh, was it, damn good in last year's playoffs as well yeah, uh, yeah Mitchell's exactly. a Mitchell's a ball player uh so interesting to see where he lands yeah from a Florida State perspective I haven't haven't even heard that name mentioned uh yeah but yeah I know we got a couple mentions of it on on, on socials and I was like I Mm, I think that's probably Texas just because the family stuff. So interesting. Okay. All right. Let's dive into some of these opponents that I, I wanted to wait on doing this until the, the portal window closed to see who else they would lose. Obviously these teams can still pick up players if they have a very late enrollment date or if they're on the quarter system. I did not Google all these teams to figure out who is on the quarter system and who is not, but uh, LSU for the portal, man, they really, Everybody who they lost, I wrote as downgraded in school quality. So much like the Knowles, basically everybody lost to the portal went down in quality. That's a, probably a pretty good sign of program health, that it, LSU seems to be on the rise, much like FSU is uh, un, under Brian Kelly. To the draft, the guys they lost early, receiver Kayshawn Boutte, who had announced he was coming back and then some interesting stuff. And then it is announced that he is, is going to the draft receiver, Dre Jenkins. Now, like reading all the LSU material, they feel pretty good about receiver. Still Malik neighbors is, is the, the number one kid coming back there who I know they feel really good about, but still that, that is two of your top three receivers to lose. And uh, you know, you open with this, with this ball club. So that that's better that they don't have Boutte than not. Uh, they lost a few defensive backs to the draft who don't project to be, at least don't project to be like top 150 picks. Maybe they get picked in the seventh round, but um, their work in the portal is probably the second best compared to the Knowles in maybe in the country and certainly on, on FSU's schedule. I'm going to take, take a deep breath to read this list. So they got Omar Spates from Oregon State, one of the best linebackers in the portal. Uh, they got five defensive linemen. Uh, Obi Agufu from Texas, Jordan Jefferson. I think that's actually a, like a guy who will play a lot for them from West Virginia. They took Jalen Lee from Florida, which is an interesting take. Obviously, there's some prior relationships there. I don't know that Florida was super sad to see him go. Uh, Paris Shand from Arizona and Braden Swenson from Oregon. And then they also took four corners. And this is a pretty nice haul, a, a, a corner. I, I got to give Tigers credit for this. Obviously, they were competing. Uh, they were competing for for Cyprus, right? Along with what USC and and a few others, FSU beats them out for Cyprus. Would say they were the, the main competition for Cyprus. Yeah, um, was it Ohio State in on that one too? I think Ohio State was involved. Tennessee, Auburn, LSU, um, lot yeah. of, lot of teams, lot of teams. Everybody wanted that kid. Huge get there, but at that, at the battle's end, he is going to the Knowles. Uh, so corner. Denver Harris out of Texas A&M, obviously a super high upside guy. 
also had some problems at AM, pretty well documented. Zy Alexander from Southeast Louisiana is a kid that I know a lot of staffs liked quite a bit. And uh, 24-7 actually put a, a 92 tra- transfer grade on him. So one of the higher graded DBs in the portal. Uh, shout out to LSU, I guess, for scouting their own backyard and going going down to the FCS level to get that kid, uh, much like FSU did last year with Jared Verse, except Albany is not really not really an old backyard unless you count snowbirds, I guess, right? Um, Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse and J.K. Johnson from Ohio State. So if we look at like attrition here, this is a pretty nice job by LSU of throwing numbers at, I don't think defensive line was a problem. I just think that defensive line depth was a problem. I still expect FSU's defensive line starters to be, I'm trying to think here probably the best D line you face all year, mm-hmm. right? M- Mason Smith is coming back from injury. I mean, Alex Atkins group right out the gate is going to have a big challenge in camping world stadium. Uh, at defensive back, they did need to remake that room. And I think they've done a pretty nice job here. Like this is a, this is good work by the Tigers in the portal. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I will tell you one other thing uh, about internally. Uh, the roster, just some feedback that I got recently. I asked an expert on uh, somebody that had surprised them as far as what they've uh, thought of recent uh, additions to the staff and uh, was a little bit surprised and optimistic about their answer. But before I get to that, I'll tell you guys to ask an es- expert, uh, Shannon Young, as to how best go through the home loan process. We've been fortunate enough to work with Shannon for four or five years now. Bud's worked with him twice. I am in contact with him on a project uh, myself as well. 844-FSU loan, Shannon Young, best person in the business. Chad, no larger Florida State fan. Two great Knowles, supporters of the Knollcast. Thank you so much for the feedback and leadership that you guys have given us over the years. So I asked uh, about just what people's impression of uh, some of these guys have been early on campus. First name that came out of the mouth was Keandre Jones has been really impressive so far. Which I was, I was, uh, that was not who I had in the back of my mind as to who was, was going to uh, be the answer. And that is a guy that's going to, going to engage pretty directly with some of these defensive linemen that you were just talking about uh, potentially in, in game one. So it's an Auburn kid that you knew had uh, some nice physical ability out of uh, West Georgia there, if I remember correctly. Um, but a guy that uh, has come in and, and impressed so far. So uh, just a, another little piece of information that I'll share with you guys. I, I really think that the offensive line transfer class that Atkins brought in this year is, I don't know if it's like a whole order of magnitude better than last year's. I don't know how you measure that. Like, can you, I don't know if you can quantify it, but just eyeballing these guys, getting the feedback on them, looking at the, the, just the, like you got to take the market input, right? What other schools are actually after these dudes? You know, I think they're a whole lot better mm-hmm. overall. Well, Maybe. nothing but positive feedback on buyers so far. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, they they're very excited. Ohio State badly wanted buyers. I don't think Ohio State was a hundred percent sure they could get buyers in, mm-hmm. and FSU is like, boom, we're gonna, we're going to take that opportunity. And let, let's let's go. And that's that's huge, man. I mean, like Byers is a guy that a lot of schools really liked. Mm-hmm. Like that's if you had to put money down on the guy that's most likely to hit out of this portal class, and we can't take Cypress just to make yeah. it interesting. Is it Byers? For me it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think so too. Because he played at a really high level. I know it's UTEP, but still, I just he dominated, yep. dude. Jaheim Bell's up there, uh, but Byers yeah. would be above him uh, for me. But yeah, yeah, like I think Byers is going to start. I don't know what position yet, but I I think he's going to start. I do too. Um, <clears throat> I would not be surprised at all to have him see him be your right tackle. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Absolutely, and look if, if they get Emmanuel back, dude. Mm-hmm. Like the the battles you're going to have are uh, are really. I mean, they probably go all the way to the end of fall camp, right? So, you know, that would be that'll be fascinating. All right, Southern Miss, they didn't lose anybody early to the draft. Portal wise, I don't really think it's all that relevant, except that they did do a pretty nice job of keeping their most important kids. Sutter Miss was a team I, I bet on a decent bit this year, and they rewarded me for doing so. You really should smack these guys regardless. I don't want to waste a whole lot of show time on this. They, their, their passing game is not good enough to really threaten you. Uh, Frank Gore Jr. is obviously Frank Gore's son. Very good back, and they have a pretty damn good defense. They did just lose their D.C. to go be Bama's either safeties or inside linebackers coach. And I would say – Will Hall at Southern Miss, the, the coach is somebody who I think will be a like a legitimate coach down the line somewhere. Like he'll he'll, he'll get a power five job at some point. Who was uh, Southern Miss's DC? Uh shoot, I forgot the guy's name, but he, like okay. he did a pretty nice job of them. But uh Saban just hired him to be yeah. not the DC of Bama, but a but a position coach. Yeah. Which I think is a phenomenon we're gonna start seeing across the sport too, is like some G five DCs leaving to be position coaches at mm-hmm. P five schools because the money is just different. I mean, yeah. You know, like Southern Miss can't pay seven fifty for a DC. Bama can pay a, a position coach seven fifty. Yeah, pretty yeah, the, easily. The apex of the P five is uh, is a whole, totally different landing place than, than anything in yeah. G five as a exactly. All right, uh, Florida. This is a long list to the portal. Um, Josh Braun, who I do think is potentially a loss. Now, maybe the Gators didn't think he was a loss at the time. This is an offensive lineman who went to Arkansas. The Knowles kicked the tires here, uh, but. Given the fact that UF also lost Ethan White to the portal, I don't think he's announced anywhere yet. And Michael Tarquin to the portal, they're starting uh, tackle. He's going to USC. I think the Braun piece might hurt because now, now Florida's offensive line depth is uh, certainly injured a little bit. Trent Whittemore to UCF, not a guy that you want starting for you if you're Florida at peak efficiency. Not really sure Florida is at peak efficiency. Avery Helm, the corner, is going to TCU. Uh, Dejon Reynolds, another receiver, flashed a little bit. I don't know if that's a huge loss. David Reese, linebacker, didn't play a whole lot. He's going to Cal. UCLA took Cal's best linebacker, so obviously the, the Bears had a need. Jalen Lee, we already mentioned, going to LSU. Dewan Black is not really a loss in terms of like a guy who was playing a lot for them, but I guess the potential of Dewan Black making an impact at UF uh, is, is now gone. And Trevez Johnson's safety, who's going to Missouri. I don't think Trevez Johnson is a huge deal for them if I'm, if I'm kind of handicapping their roster. However, to the draft, they did lose four guys. Uh, Anthony Richardson, probably going to be a first-round quarterback. Uh, obviously, um, they're big, big offensive lineman who's the number, like consensus number one guard in the country uh, for the draft. So he, FSU got a nice taste of, of just how good that kid is. Uh, Javon Dexter, who I think is a pretty big loss for them at defensive tackle. Richard Goriage, who's also a you know, starting offensive lineman for them. And Rashad Torrance. Florida's offensive line next year, I I think will take a step back. I mean, if, if you lose the best guard in the country, 
consensus in the draft. That's a problem. Goriage was a you know, reliable-ish starter. I think Barber was probably their best tackle by talent. He, he, he was a redshirt freshman. He'll be back. But you do lose two other starters. So you're losing like four starters and one of your backups. Like that's that's kind of a problem. Uh, guys who they gained out of the portal. Here's where I think UF's kind of lacking a little bit so far. Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. Clearly not their top choice. If UF fans tell you that the Mertz was the guy they wanted all along, they are lying. Like, there's no way. Uh, maybe he works out, but not like he was nobody's top choice if you're an SEC program. Mm-hmm. Taraji Mitchell from Ohio State. He's got an 87 grade at linebacker. I don't know how much he's going to play. We'll see. He was once a pretty highly rated recruit. Didn't really get on the field a whole lot at Ohio State in Ohio State's linebacker room. It wasn't full of studs, man. So I don't know what that says. Damian George from Alabama, not a guy I was high on as a recruit at all. And didn't, you know, like he got on the field at Alabama and they almost lost the Auburn game because of it uh, in 20, uh, 2021. Like that's a lot of, like he's huge. And maybe the maybe the Gators will get him right. Uh, now, Micah uh, Mazuka, the kid from Baylor, is a kid I actually do like a lot. I, I think that's probably a pretty good get for them at guard. Um, so not everybody Florida takes is is underwhelming. Cameron Jackson, big D tackle at Memphis. Interesting that uh, they decided to go after him. They, they're they pretty desperate for, for interior defensive linemen at this point. I think he could be a good player for them. And then <clears throat> Deuce Spurlock from Michigan, linebacker. So um, if Florida is better next year, it's because their backups this year are much better than I realized they were. And because they get some kind of like second year coach bump continuity thing, or they have a major fiesta in the second portal window. I, this is not super inspiring right now. I, I'm not really sure this UF team next year is better than, than the one they just had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this before. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to just murder it in the second window here. Uh, we'll see. I just think the um, level of competition for the remaining prospects that are out there. Now, yeah, we'll see. It, you, it could be such a such a um, flood of talent of kids who decide to enter the portal, kids as recruits in, in 2020 or previously didn't have NIL or even the first year of NIL wasn't really all that well put together as far as compensation that kids got. So, you know, maybe, maybe there'll just be such an influx of quality players who decide to enter the portal that, uh, that the second window is a, a different type of opportunity, but I would be surprised by that. And I do think that you're, um, you're going to have to fight some pretty, <clears throat> pretty aggressive battles to win the, uh, you know, the higher, the higher end pieces that do make their way in, in the second window, but nobody yeah. knows for sure about this space. Everybody's making, you know, as good of an educated guess as they can. And uh, that's just my personal opinion. I talked to a guy recently who, who, at, at a power five program who runs personnel. And he said, look, I think it's going to be two things. It's going to be guys who, who lost position battles in the mm-hmm. spring. Um, which is then, always what that window or, or which right. is always a big piece of that window. And guys who didn't, who were not able to work out NIL deals at their schools, who were told like, "Hey, like, give us a little bit of time. We're going to get an NIL together. Like, we'll we'll set you up for the coming season." Mm-hmm. They still don't have it. They're qual like like so. Probably some really good players 
who are going to be very costly uh, for marketing opportunities, obviously. And then guys who lost position battles. I'm not really sure how many just like reasonable quality guys are in there. It's probably just like, I don't know, 5% superstars and 95%, not 95, like maybe like 10% decent guys. And then a lot of guys who, lo who lost battles yeah. position wise. Uh, and you'll probably see some dudes for the Knowles transfer out who got a little more clarity on their position uh, post spring. And, you know, if you're the, if you're the fifth scholarship tight end and you've been on the roster for three years, you know, or offensive line, right. Potentially or, or wherever. So uh, yeah, just something to watch. All right, let's go Boston college. They lost uh Matry, the safety to Wisconsin, and they lost Phil Dracovic quarterback to Pitt. Uh, Dracovic is to reunite with his former offensive coordinator there at Pitt. And they didn't lose anybody early to the draft. They got Alex Washington, the corner from Harvard. Uh, Kyle Hergel, the offensive lineman from Texas State, and uh, Kerry Johnson, the corner from Arkansas. I think Boston College might be better next year, but I'm not really sure that. They did lose, obviously, Zay Flowers to the draft, not early. I mean, he was a senior, and he's a stud. I don't know how much more time we need to spend on BC here. You, you throttled them this year. That's a road game, but you should be – pretty big favorites in that ball game they, they continue to play hard down the stretch but the, the talent wise that team doesn't really have it you know, yep. wh where you are right now is is not yeah uh, i'll be fascinated to see or interested uh fascinated is probably a little strong i'll be interested to see where that game falls on the schedule um but i i have a hard time seeing you have uh too many challenges against bc right now as far as how that roster is constructed and what's happened with florida state's roster over the last two years I mean, where, where, yeah, exactly. Like where you are as a roster right now, you said it. Like that should not be a game that that concerns you. Uh, I, I do think we're starting to see the bottom part of the SC, or the ACC weaken compared to historical standards. Man, like I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from the bottom of this conference mm. as far as long term health. Like you, these guys, a lot of these schools clearly don't have NIL to compete with, and they're going to get picked over by the SEC schools pretty hard. Uh, now, one school that has done some interesting work in the portal. Uh, oh, wait, no, they haven't. Clemson. Um, this will be kind of <laughs> short. They didn't really, they didn't lose anybody off their portal roster to uh, to a, a comparable school. DJU, the quarterback's going to Oregon State. You know, Oregon State was pretty good this year. They lost a backup receiver to to NC State to Curry Collins. If she doesn't play NC State this year, they also don't play Louisville. Uh, Fred Davis, the former five-star corner, is going to UCF. He obviously had some challenges there at Clemson. And Kobe Pace, the third-string running back, who's not bad, is going to UVA, but not not big deals. They have still not taken anybody in the portal other than Paul Tyson, who is Bear Bryant's grandson. That feels an awful lot like the move they did last year where they took the Northwestern quarterback uh, to come be like a GA, basically, you know, and yeah. Uh, the draft, I feel like, I don't know. I, I want your thoughts on this. So they lose Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, Trenton Simpson early. KJ Henry was a senior, so I guess he gave up his. He didn't. He didn't play his his vid year, but you know, like I don't think anybody expected him to. Right. It could have been worse, but they still lose like some seriously key guys here. I mean, 
Clemson did a, a, a solid job of retaining uh, some pieces that I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to. But yeah, I mean, they're they're those Tyler are Davis, Xavier Thomas. Yeah, yeah, uh, Thomas is a is a flyer that's a low risk at this point, and maybe maybe finally hits. But uh, we'll see with Clemson, man. I don't. Um, you know, I, I think the most important thing, well, I don't think I know. I mean, what they did at OCs, that's that's yeah. the most impressive and important thing that Clemson's done in the offseason and probably will be. Um, and, and will they let him hire his own staff or does that like traditionally Dabo has, has hired the, the assistants? Yeah. On both yeah. sides of the ball. And that's what's to look for. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the fact that there's some. I mean, look, Dabo's beloved up there. I'm not trying to suggest anything other than that, but there are people at Clemson who have let him know that, like, he's not this isn't just going to be a, a, a you know dictatorship from here on out as far as you making every decision and and nobody suggesting otherwise or whatever else. So um, I don't know if if that was part of the agreement as to when it was suggested that they bring in uh, such a high quality offense coordinator as they did, but I would be surprised if they made that move and then didn't let him uh, choose his own assistance, but uh, we'll, see. we'll see for sure. And I, I only say that because Clemson we, we, we noted was obviously uh, like the lack of experience throughout the offensive staff outside of Clemson. Yeah. Was, yeah, it was, was notable and kind of uh, not that I don't remember uh, most of what we say on this podcast, but that is one conversation that when we had it, I was like, Jesus, that's remarkable. Yeah, it shocked <laughs> live, me too. I, how I limited it. experience those guys have. Uh, I Googled yeah. it live on cover three, and I was like, who the hell? Like, where have these guys coached outside of Clemson? Mm-hmm. Like, some of, One of the guys was like mostly high school. And again, love my high school coaches in the state. I'll see a lot of y'all soon. But uh, there is, I think there is a difference to, you know, somewhat. Uh, you got to be able to manage your personnel. Miami. So to the portal. They lost Gilbert Frierson to Louisville. I don't think they're super bummed to see him go. Uh, Baylor took a flyer on Isaiah Dunson. That's a height-weight speed guy. Wasn't really doing much for the Canes. Avante Williams, I would put him in sort of the same bucket as Dewan Black for Florida. Former five-star guy. Known issues. Didn't really work out. Going to a lesser school maybe hits. It's not really a huge loss. It's just like it. you lose the potential of the guy making an impact for you, right? Like, um, trying to think of somebody recent like this, but I, I, I'll never mind. Uh, Daryl Jackson to Florida State, I, I think is a loss for sure. I, I, I think I think Jackson's going to be a good, good player for the Knowles for sure. Uh, and they lose John Campbell to Tennessee, who I think is kind of a wild card. Uh, he played a lot for them because Zion Nelson went down. Very up and down play. You wonder if he's dinged or not. I don't know. Uh, but like down the stretch, he was not as good. We know he got hurt in the game, the warmups against the Knowles. Remember that? Mm-hmm. They were already down Zion Nelson. They were down somebody else. And then boom, like unfortunately, the kid gets hurt in warmups. To the draft early, they lost Tyreek Stevenson. They did do a nice job of keeping Zion Nelson to come back, which makes sense because he was hurt most of the year, uh, hurt his draft stock. So he's going to come back. That's their starting left tackle. They kept Akeem Mesador, who was eligible to jump if he wanted to. And they also kept Jalen Rivers, the offensive tackle that they pulled out of like Jacksonville a couple of years ago. So 
you know, I, I would say solid job retention wise for not losing too many guys early to the draft. And then in the portal, they've done an okay job, I guess. Like some of these guys are, are decent players, but not quite the splash that maybe they made last year for sure. Uh, Thomas Gore at Georgia State is a like a penetrating uh, D tackle type, a little undersized. Javian Cohen at Alabama is a good player who I think was going to get beaten out by like a real freak NFL type in Tyler Booker, but maybe he would have played the other spot on Bama's O-line. Uh, they also pick up Matt Lee, who I think will start at center for them, most likely, from UCF. Francisco Maligoa is a backer who was very productive uh, at times at Washington State. He's the bigger brother of uh, Maligoa, the five-star tackle they signed out of IMG. And uh, they also got Brand uh, Brandon Dean out of <clears throat> excuse me, not Brandon, Branson Dean out of Purdue. Not a uh, not a bad pickup for them, but I, you know, I, I don't know if the roster is is that much better than it was last year. I, they're probably pretty smart for keeping TV for, for keeping Van Dyke. By the way, given what the, what the quarterback market looked like this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Agree entirely. I just pulled up that uh, Georgia State defensive defense from last year just to look. I mean, the Muhammad kid went to SC. The kid you just referenced went to Miami. Interesting, uh, interesting little unit over there. And interesting what happens to decent uh, P five defenses in the yes. or G five defenses in the in the year twenty twenty two and, and twenty twenty three. Now, yeah. I mean, as a very quick aside, because I know we got a couple more. To, like, if you are recruiting at the G five level. You kind of need to be almost college baseball y and try to take guys who are good players but don't have the measurables to really pop mm-hmm. at the power five. So your players don't get plucked. I think. Yes, I've heard similar from friends of mine that coach at another school that goes by GSU. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, if, if you're looking at a challenge with your business and you need to operate at a more effective, effective and efficient level, as as perhaps some of these P5 schools do or G5 schools as they look to restock their roster, um, from a business perspective, there's no better person than Matt Lewis to work with. Uh, Matt, you've become a, a very good friend of Bud and I's uh, over the years. Very much look forward to seeing Matt, hopefully, for the spring game here. Uh, and I believe we're working, we work with him and Matt Thompson on a on a LSU uh, thing as well. So uh, yeah. Uh, MT thinks he's got the lot secured. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, Also the, the wine mixer. Yes. Yes. In, in, in Tallahassee, there is a wine mixer coming up in Tallahassee to which there's a little bit of brand synergy, but for now, congruityhr.com is the website. You can reach out to me uh, if you would like, and I'm more than happy to, put you in touch with uh, Matt Lewis, or you can contact them directly, congruityhr.com. And uh, again, thank you to Matt and his team uh, for the support that they've given the Nolcast over the years. Absolutely. All right, so kind of more rapid fire on a couple of these. uh, Syracuse, I think, is in trouble. Um, FSU blasted them this year. That's kind of the Syracuse I thought you would get for most of the year. They... We're a little bit lucky through the first six games. You lose Matthew Bergeron, offensive tackle to the draft. You lose Sean Tucker, the back to the draft. You lose um, Garrett Williams, the, the the corner to the draft. Decided that even though he tore his ACL to to go, uh, you lose Steve Linton to the portal. That was kind of an impact defensive lineman for them. You lose 
and this is, I, I think it's noteworthy where kids go, right? You lose Deuce Chestnut to LSU, the corner we already mentioned. You also lose Jihad Carter, your 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 other corner, to Ohio State. Mm. That <laughs> that's a tough one, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, to be Syracuse and losing like high profile guys who you know are are yeah high profile guys. Yeah, they're, they're who had the ability to play it. LSU and Ohio State. Yeah, you know, you don't get those in upstate New York all that frequently. Uh Braylon Ingram from Bama defensive lineman's kind of a bounce back. Not really sure on that one. Jaden Bellamy, the uh, backup corner at Notre Dame, comes over. Joe Moore, uh, off the tackle from Richmond, comes over. Maybe they hit on him. I don't know. Like it's not impossible for FCS kids to be under the radar and, and come up and be impact guys. See also Jared Verse. I just don't know enough about him. Wake Forest is another one. When I mentioned that I think the bottom of the the, the, mm-hmm. the lesser moneyed schools in the ACC are in trouble. Hartman goes to Notre Dame. I'm not really sure that they were super bummed to see him go. I think they liked the backup quite a bit, right? And maybe it was just time. We've been hearing that for a while, like throughout the year. Like, eh, I don't know. Uh, Gavin Holmes, their corner, is going to Texas. Rond- Rondell Bo- Boythroyd, probably their best D lineman who didn't go to the draft, is going to Oklahoma. J.J. Roberts, corner, played a lot for them. He's going to Marshall. That's kind of a downgrade feel. I don't know. Congratulations uh, to Coach Huff out there. But, yeah. One uh, one, uh, one school is a really good school, and the other school is um, I, not. I mean, that is the good. first thing that went through my mind. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, interesting. Christian Turner, who was kind of their, like, their second back, was going to Indiana. Probably not a huge loss. They do lose uh, Bergen, the, the good defensive lineman, early to the draft, and they also lose A.T. Perry early to the draft. Mm. I know FSU fans will not be happy or not be sad to yeah. see A.T. Perry go. Will be sad to see A.T. make his way on down the road. Mike Norvell is like, 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 really, this guy again? <laughs> Seriously? Um, they've picked up Bryce Gaines from Villanova. That's probably their top transfer guy right now. I, I don't think this team is better. No, man. I mean, that, I think that's you're losing the best. guys at Texas and Oklahoma and Notre yeah. Dame, and, and the best representation of what you're talking about is um, it's going to be tough, man. And I, I wonder if this doesn't um, give some of these schools a, a little bit of a preview and perhaps make them reconsider some things as far as conference expansion goes. Uh, oh, like and, some revenue sharing stuff. Well, uh, revenue sharing, or just a realization that, like, hey, this. This football, I almost said uh, a four-line. This football ish is kind of getting away from us, right? Like, like we just can't do it. So let's stop acting like we can. Um, and I, I just hold another. I'm. I'm <laughs> I don't mean no. to take a podcast that we're already forty-six minutes into down the conference realignment conversation, but I, I just have to think that that's probably instructive for some of these schools. I I agree. Uh, all right, so Duke is on FSU schedule. You get Jay Cornerbrook, the offensive tackle from Stanford. They took Al Blades from Miami. Okay. Uh, Miles Jones, corner from AM. My guess is Elko liked him when he worked at AM. Michael Elko is the new coach of Duke, if you guys don't know. For, had a pretty nice first year. Improved team, and they also had a little close game luck to go with that. They took offensive lineman Dustin Hall from USF. Fine. Duke's a hard place to get transfers into, obviously. Uh, they didn't lose anybody early to the draft. They do have a couple of offensive linemen who graduated who uh, are looking like that they will have a chance to play professional football. So 
my guess here is off a Duke roster that's probably impactful. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't lose any any transfers off their current roster to other P5. So yeah, we could probably move on to Vatek here. I I don't know. Duke is uh, Duke is Duke. They're- I hate it when people say this, uh, but if if you could buy stock in a program, I I would consider buying some in Duke. Yeah, I, I like where they're going long term. They've got a ton of money. Um, they made an investment in the coach that they uh, just. Look, I, I'm not going to say they're you know going to beat Florida State next year or something like that, but I from a three year window, uh, I would short the hell out of Wake and I'd buy as much Duke as I could if we were talking from a, a financial perspective. Agreed. Like they still have the emission standard stuff that is tough, but I do think they also have the issues or not the issues, but I think the days of Duke going like three and nine are probably over. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Duke, Duke seems to care. Um, all right. Vatek really bad team this year did not get quarterback, right? So they, they don't lose a whole lot portal wise. North Carolina took one of their, their corners Chapman. Okay. North Carolina really lost a lot of key key pieces uh, on, on their defense, and they finally fired Dre Bly, which it's like, you know, something, something Titanic. Uh, Caleb Smith, receiver going to Notre Dame, somewhat of a loss off a receiving core that was was pretty bad. <laughs> it's early. I'm trying to find the words on, on the Titanic piece, but, you know. Uh, guys on that former staff – who uh, who were like, hey, I really can't coach here because the DBs don't know what they're doing. Kind of look vindicated, I would say, off off UNC. All right, nobody left early from the draft from Virginia Tech. That probably matches the season they just had. Like they yeah. were terrible, right? And uh, now I will say, I like this kid from Old Dominion. They got a lot. Allie Jennings was one of my Power Five guys. That if he missed, if he was out for Old Dominion, he mattered receiver wise. Mm. So he's a dude. They took backup Baylor quarterback Kyron Drones, pretty athletic kid. Uh, they want to run the quarterback a lot in that offense, so we'll see how that works out for them. And they took Derek Canteen from Georgia Southern, who I thought was Georgia Southern's best corner, uh, at least in my very casual watching of, of, of the Eagles. So, fine. They were like a bottom 30 team in the country this year, so I don't know how much the Hokies improve. And finally, Pitt. Before we get to Pitt, we will thank our friends at Charlie Park. We referenced Matt Thompson earlier and his great team and his great efforts to uh, enhance uh, the experience that is being a Florida State athletic supporter. Uh, Matt is creative and has built himself uh, quite a little options to choose from in the Tallahassee area. Uh, We love to talk to you about Charlie Park, but obviously townships there, Madison Social's there. Uh, but Charlie Park, fantastic. Charlie Park is Tallahassee's best rooftop bar, and you can go and learn more about it at charlieparkrooftopbar.com. No doubt. Looking forward to getting to Charlie Park for the spring game, man. Absolutely. I was uh, bopping around Tallahassee a couple weeks ago uh, for some some things. and uh, Doing some bopping. Doing some bopping. And uh, did some bopping in, uh, <laughs> in various for-the-table restaurant uh, locales. So always appreciate those guys. Okay, uh, they lost John Morgan, the uh, defensive end, I believe, to Arkansas. This is Pitt uh, we're talking about. Pitt had, had a uh, kind of a disappointing season because they just didn't elect to play offense. And they, they, they followed up their you know, ACC title game uh, or ACC championship with uh, 
a little bit of a step back, but their defense was still really damn good. They just didn't play offense at the same level. I'm not sure the defense is as good next year, even though I really trust Narduzzi as a defensive coach. They lose a lot to the draft, man. This is uh, this is probably a good time to catch Pitt. Uh, Izzy Abaconda, their running back, is going pro. I mean, they're were, they were running like 30 times a game, so that kind of makes sense. Tread on the tires, et cetera. Brandon Hill, the uh, their, their safety, decided to go early. Kalaja Kansi, their, their good tackle, decided to go early. Um, now, that's important because they also lose guys who decided to not take their, their super senior year in Deslin Alexandre, who's probably going to get drafted as a defensive end, and then also uh, Habakkuk Baldonado. I nailed it. I'm not saying it again. Going to the draft, probably will be drafted, right? So, I mean, you're talking about your top three defensive ends are gone off this team. Your bestie tackle and and a, a draftable safety are are also gone. Now, Pitt's D line development is damn good. Like Charlie Partridge does a hell of a job there. I, that's still a lot to lose, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> they get Jerkovic in the portal from Boston College. He reunites with Kirk Signetti, his former offensive coordinator. Their offensive line should be pretty damn good. I think they lose one guy off it, and they they kind of like where they were there developmental-wise. They take Donovan McMillan, the, the former four- or five-star safety from UF. He's a, a Pennsylvania guy, so it's a bounce back. Maybe they make him work there. He obviously has some tools. But I'm in believe it when I see it mode as far as Pitt playing effective offense under Narduzzi. And if they don't, if they have a drop off on defense, they're, they could have a serious drop off, but this is, I don't know. We agree. LSU is the best team you're going to play. Yes. Okay. And Clemson's probably your two. And you may play them twice. Right. So Pitt is somewhere between the third to the fifth best team you're going to play, I think. Maybe third to sixth, depending on how things shake out. <clears throat> yeah. Like that's one we'll we'll, we'll preview like in depth. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we, we'll do all the previews, but like Pitt's the one like, okay, maybe they got some young studs on the D-line who are ready. We'll see how this offense looks. That, that, that type of thing. Yeah. If you opened with Pitt, maybe like LSU and then, you know, non-con and, and then you take Pitt early. I think you take that right before they all the new pieces settle in. If you're saying from a conference schedule perspective, uh, just yeah. so that people realize what you referenced there, um, yeah, I would be fine with that. I mean, Pitt. It's crazy to think of the pieces that they've lost the last two years, uh, as far as the talent and where they've landed or uh, where they're and and how they played on Sunday this year. But uh, yeah, I do think that this is. Uh, been instructive i also not to piggyback off your point but um i think you only reinforced it that this conference um only has but so many players that can legitimately play uh football in 2023 and it's becoming more and more evident uh with each transfer window and recruiting cycle that we go through so no doubt man all right uh quick recap for those who scroll to the end of the video uh, no team on FSU schedule did as good of a job in the portal as the Knowles did. LSU is by far the closest in terms of, of quality. And uh, most teams that you're going to play, I think, lost more in the portal than they gained. So uh, I got to get downstairs. I know you got a lot of calls to make. And we will reconvene probably midweek, I guess. 
Enjoyed it, man. As, yeah, as man. much as I can enjoy a, a 6 a.m. Nolcast. Uh, thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. Thank you for all the support that you listeners continue to give us. And uh, we'll be back with an episode here in the next uh, five or six days for you. Thanks so much. Right. See you, buddy. Later, bro.